Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy. And I'm Leslie. And we've been watching reality TV for like, oh, I don't know, like 30 years between the two of us. Would that make us experts in trash? We are experts in trash, but we still get stuff wrong. I mean, 30 years and we still can't figure this out. Yeah, we know nothing. So I think together we can learn what it's like to fall in love on reality TV. Here's hoping. Hi everyone, welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name's Amy, I'm your co-host, and I'm sick. And I am dead, and my name is Leslie. Hello from the beyond. (laughs) Okay, I have a slight cold. Leslie is on a whole root canal journey. Not only that, now I have a cold too. Oh, girl. Everything hurts and I'm dying. Thank you. So where are you in your tooth journey? I'm still not done with my root canal. Like when I went last time. Okay. So now I have this whole theory. Like I think I killed the queen because I was in the chair getting drilled when she passed and they're going to finish my root canal on Monday, which is her funeral. So I think I'm responsible. So I'm so sorry. UK my tooth brought down the monarchy. You're on a journey with the monarchy. Yeah, my tooth brought it down. No, but it's like halfway through, the doctor is like, well, there's a procedure error that we need to correct. And that took so long that the numbing was going away. So they had to stop. <gasps> that's so my that's worst why I got to I gotta go back on Monday. And I'm just like, oh, my God, kill me. I think that's everybody's worst nightmare, right? Like half the time when I'm just getting like, because I have cavities from when I was in college and didn't have dental care, of course, mm-hmm. like like every Gen X, like everyone. And so sometimes they'll have to like replace the fillings or do something, yeah. and they have to numb you. I'm always like, give me enough tranquilizer that you would give a horse. Like exactly. put whatever you need to in there because if I feel one iota of that needle or that drill, I'm gonna mm-hmm. lose my shit. Like just numb yeah. me to the point where I can't even walk out of here. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that there's only so much that they could put in because it does start to wear off. And then I think that the reason why they schedule it 10 days apart is because they don't want to keep injecting you with that stuff too frequently. Right. right. So yeah. it's a nightmare. I need to be injected with that numbing stuff many times. I mean, inject me so I could watch the news. That's how I feel. Like, give me the numbing <laughs> so I could leave my house and be in a crowd post-COVID. Yeah. You know, I'm always like, last night we went out. We just stopped at, like, this local kind of country bar to grab some wings and stuff. I was just in the mood for bar food. 
And Timmy sees a couple and he stops and he's talking with them and he's like over them, like talking into them. And I pull him aside. I'm like, don't talk into people. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so like different after COVID. Like just don't get in people's faces. Don't get in people's space. Get away from me. I think that now, I mean, it's always been a huge insult, but spitting in someone's face now, it's even more like a fuck you. Like Harry Styles. Yeah. Wow. I think that a lot of people would want to get spit on by Harry Styles. You know, sign me me. up. Sign me up. But apparently Chris Pine did not want to. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I wanted to ask you, I actually know something that's happening in pop culture and i think you'll be proud of me what is it just that um harry's not <laughs> bad on chris pine no no because that's easy <laughs> this one is a little more nuanced and i thought this is going to be amy's attempt at being cool okay okay here we go did did you see britney spears essentially body shaming christina aguilera not really her, but her dancers. Her dancers. And yes, I yes. did see the whole thing unfold in real time because I do follow Brittany. I'm like obsessed with like this whole thing, like what she's going through. And I mm-hmm. want to ghostwrite for her so fucking bad because mm-hmm. I am sure that her book is going to be a fucking hot mess. She needs yeah. some kind of structure. I hope she has a ghostwriter. Um, yeah. So yeah, I saw it all. And I love Extina. She's my Latina. She's, mm-hmm. oh my God. She's awesome. And I was like, oh, no, you don't say this, girl. I know what you mean, but you don't say this. She was trying to just say that, like, she was surrounded by, like, this unrealistic expectation of being so fucking thin. And so she had, like, really skinny dancers, whereas Christina had, you know, more normal or quote-unquote... common body types you know they were because these dancers are not overweight by any stretch of the imagination they're just super muscular and built yeah they're, they're like mu- they're shit houses exactly yeah. and like i don't know it's just yeah that's not how you go about it girl yeah. i do i did see are you proud of me first of all for knowing what's happening and following this no because britney is like a god and like you have to know about her so i'm down because i did see that she then posted an apology and she, she was did. like my bad I didn't mean anything by this and I thought that was a good move to do yeah. because um, you know whether we like it or not like this weight shaming shit is internalized mm-hmm. we all have it and I think she was just being like look I, I misspoke and I didn't mean it and I was talking more about the lack of control that I had in my life and my self esteem mm-hmm. versus anything against them yeah it's just it's a shit show she's getting it's like girl not every thought that pops into your head needs to be published (laughs) because she's even posting fucking voice notes and she's going on and on and on and i'm just like not every thought you have needs the whole world needs to hear it write it in a fucking diary girl instagram is not a diary yeah don't you have a book coming out save it for that maybe that's the thing maybe she doesn't know how to work instagram I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. I fear for her because she's going to step in so much shit because we're rooting for her. We really are. We are. We are. We are. And she is like rabbling, unraveling. So it's it's yeah. sad. Our, our, our prayers are with Britney Spears right now. I really don't, I don't want her to hear this because I love her. I fucking worship at the altar of Britney Spears. So don't get it twisted. But girl, someone needs to talk about you. Come on. 
Like we care about you. (laughs) We're trying to help you. The difference of who we follow on Instagram says everything about our generational divide. So you're all into like watching Britney Spears on Instagram and I'm all into following Valerie Bertinelli on Instagram. So I don't know if you've been following. I follow her too because I follow her (laughs) because I loved her in Cleveland. So that's when I started following like everyone, the whole cast, because I used to watch it for Betty White. Yeah. She is Mrs. Van Halen to all of us. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's she's like aging and gracefully aging and going through a divorce. And she's like, you know, she lost the love of her life mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. And she's given off the proper middle-aged mom energy that I'm appreciating right now. And have you seen her son Wolfgang perform? I, saw I him. love him. He, he's awesome. I saw him live. He opened for Guns N' Roses last year. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Okay, guys, this has been your pop culture moment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You need to time code this. They're going to be like, what the fuck? These girls are nuts. Headlines. Okay. So last week we, we missed because we just, we couldn't get here. With all that was going on Leslie's Tooth and I had a lot going on, we could not get here. We're here now. We have a few thoughts from last episode. We will include them in our summaries of this episode. But all in all, these two episodes... Not much has happened. Could have been one episode, really. Could have been. Could have been. All right. So you're going to have to bear with us, guys. We both have colds. So there's some sniffling, some, <laughs> <laughs> some muting and coughing and sneezing and, you know, the all sexy those nice sniffle fan club, if you're into it, join. Leslie has some kind of wire happening over there. So if you hear an occasional. I am so sorry. I can barely move. Because these are like the lightest headphones I have. Because my my head hurts. Like my physical head hurts. Like the top of my. My whole face hurts basically. And these are really light on my ears. So that's why I'm wearing them. Look, we're doing our best. We're getting through. We're so sorry. Our. Our 13 fans have spoken and we are here. We're here. We're sorry. Okay. So we are covering today Married at First Sight episodes 10 and 11, mostly 11, uh, Moody Month Anniversaries and Back to Our Future. So in Moody Month Anniversaries, the couple celebrate making it one month. They look at photos of their weddings. They read their vows to one another. And then there's a group dinner at the end. In Back to Our Future, the couples take each other to a significant location from their past and do the thing that I hate the most in the world, which is writing a letter to their younger selves. I hate this exercise. I hate it. I hate it. Therapy. I I fucking hate it too. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. All right. So we're going to start with Justin and Alexis because last episode they had quite the argument. And we're going to pick up there. So Miss Leslie is going to guide us through Justin and Alexis. Go, girl. Yes. So my first thought was when I was watching this, I was like, oh, my God. So Alexis still hates Justin. And she is just so mad that he doesn't regulate his emotions. Like, he tends to act like everything is fine. And it kind of builds and builds. And then he just erupts. Because he's such a people pleaser. And so he doesn't want to say anything until he can no longer stop himself. And that's the issue that they're kind of having. And I feel like any time that he shows any vulnerability, if he shows that he's sentimental, Alexis is upset. It bothers her because it makes her uncomfortable that he is a man and is being sensitive. Like, that's embarrassing to her. 
And at first I'm like, okay, that's a you problem. And then later on, we'll see why, because it was the way she was brought up to be so strong. And so it's very like gender specific, like her thing, like you're a man, Mm -hmm. don't be soft and that kind of thing. So, and which we'll get also with Nate's dad, kind of like withholding because you're a man and all these things. And that's where she's coming about. Can I say something about Justin just overall to start? Have we, he is like broken down, right? Mm -hmm. Like think of the Justin of the honeymoon versus Justin now. Yeah. Like every time he was all about like, my dick is so hard. My dick is so hard and talking crazy nonsense. And now he's like (laughs) sad. Yeah. He's like broken. It's really hard to watch him. He's really, I don't know, like a different person. Yeah. So as they do arts and crafts with pictures highlighting their one month anniversary, they reflect on the honeymoon and how fun it was and how happy they seemed. And Justin had met up with his brother earlier in the episode and they went fishing and Justin fills her in on what they talked about. And he acknowledges that there's a lot of shit that he needs to work on in order for them to work out. And then he mentioned something about needing more time and for Alexis, immediately she just heard, okay, so you need more time, so this means that it's too late to fix things and you're giving up. That's how she took it, whereas he's saying, like, no, 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 he just doesn't feel that he has enough time to get where he needs to be, but he is going to keep trying and hope for the best. But for yeah. her, it was immediately negative, like, okay, so he's giving up. Yeah. Because it's like she's looking for an out. That's what it seems like to me. At any moment, mm-hmm. she's trying to look for an L. And then all of a sudden, she she drives me insane. Because she'll have this moment when she's poking at him and telling this and being angry, confrontational. And then she all of a sudden is super rational and calm. And it's like, what? Is this the editing? What are we missing? This is off. It drives me I, insane. I feel like, first of all, I'm not a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just, her role in this whole Morgan and Ben thing, I'm not. Not a fan. But I feel like she's almost very aware of when she's on camera. Yeah. And she's saying the right things when she's on camera. But then, like, sometimes she doesn't have it in check. And when she's reacting emotionally to things, we see the real her. Yeah, that's the thing. Because at one point, she's like, doom and gloom. Oh, so you're willing to to give up and blah, blah, blah. And then she gives a monologue about how, like... They need to rebuild their relationship and making the best out of the remaining weeks and that they did have good times. So let's reflect on those, not just the bad ones. And I'm like, wait, what is happening? Wait, what? Am I high? <laughs> because she just changed. <laughs> yes. Was I at the dentist? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, did the queen die? Did I do this? Oh my God. But yeah, it was just so much of that. Not much happened other than a lot of that whole thing. Like she mm-hmm. overreacts or he overreacts. Like they both have explosive moments and then they both reel themselves back in. It's, it's mm-hmm. a mess. It's a mess. I don't think they're well matched. I think they both need either. some growing to do separately before they could be in any relationship because they have too much baggage right now. He is such a people pleaser and she is so strong and independent. And I'm not saying that people who are strong and independent, especially I would never especially say this about women, are unable to be pleased. However, I think she's less impressed by him. 
Mm-hmm. So people ple- like I I think anyway, people who are people pleasers do that for affirmation and to impress yes. people. Mm-hmm. And she's not impressed. She's not impressed. She's not easily impressed, I should say. So like his charms are not working on her and that's sending him into panic mode. Yes, because anytime that he tries to say something slick or kind of sweet, she like laughs in his face. She actively laughs in his face. And it's like, that throws him off. And it also, I think, emasculates him because his like confidence like is gone in that moment. Yeah. Yep. So sad. But yeah, that's them for the first episode 10. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to do them for episode 11? Um, okay, let's go down to this week. This week. Oh my god. So guys, I was watching this and I and I had to stop. There's a point where I think I bend over and fall over laughing. And I can't remember at which moment. I think it was between these two guys. But there was just a moment that I had to pause and, you know, physically pick myself up from bending over. I was laughing so hard. I forgot what it was. I think I made a note of it. Okay. So there was also a big argument at the end of last week when they all, when the couples went over to dinner. And then there was a point where she walked off because he kind of like spoke up about himself and she couldn't handle it because he was kind of like calling her out on things. And so she walked away like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And she started crying and then Justin leaves. So they're storming out. So we pick up where they ended last week with Alexa storming out of the group dinner and Justin is standing outside blowing off steam. So he's just like, ugh. And it's so typical, like, cut back and forth to, like, the drama type of editing. So Alexis joins him and they start arguing. And Justin is saying that Alexis was shutting him down. And so he didn't know how to react. And it's a whole lot of nonsense that they were going back and forth on. Um, it's all about, like, I, I forgot midway through what they were even fighting about. That's how much back and forth. It's the circular conversations that I can't stand with them. It's constant. I I can't even make sense of it. And then she's like, she needed to be checked on and she wanted affirmation. But instead he was like, no, no, no. So she said that she needed to be checked on, but he needed affirmation because all he wanted to do was like, baby, tell them how good I'm doing. Baby, tell them how, you know, and she was like, how Mm -hmm. about checking on me first? But they get through it, they hug it out, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Done. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper shows up, and I'm like, finally, a fucking expert, because they need to talk about all this nonsense. Dr. Pepper wasn't expert in this episode, in my Not opinion. really. <laughs> and then it's funny, because they always say, like, oh, I-, I know what's been going on. I see what's been going on. Like, insinuating, mm-hmm. like, they show me the tapes, <laughs> so I know where you're right. at, so don't bullshit me. But yeah, she doesn't really come down firmly on them. Okay, so... When she walks into the apartment, I was like, holy crap, Dr. Pepper is so tiny. I want to put her in my pocket. because She is waist high on Justin. I mean, Justin is really tall. But even Alexis, like, she was, like, towering over her. And I was like, oh, my God. And the reason why it's so, like, jarring to me, it's because she is someone that's so strong and has so much authority. And then to see that she's so tiny, it's like, oh, my God, we just need to believe in ourselves. And we will make ourselves, you know, be bigger and strong. Because, like, I would never want to, like, bullshit with Dr. Pepper. I feel like she will call me out on it. And I yeah. tower over her. So <laughs> so they sit down to catch up. And immediately Justin is crying. He's just sobbing. 
<laughs> he just immediately starts crying. Yeah. And so Alexis had to explain what was going on. And the reason for this was that the dog fight, we remember that Maya attacked mutant and it was like a whole thing. And so apparently the trainers from the train. No, no, no. I'm just reacting. Amy, Amy, <laughs> mind. Okay. So apparently the trainers from this training camp, this doggy camp was telling them she's too wild to tame and that he shouldn't even pick her up because the dog is still biting. So like, she's going to come and get her. We're just keeping your dog. Farm. And that doesn't mean she's going to be put out or anything. Like, you know, we sent her to the farm. She's literally going to work at a farm. Do you think they want, like, labor, free dog labor? Look, I don't know what is happening here. All I know is he has had this dog for, did he say seven years? Seven years. And his so- first dog, too. Right, and obviously he hasn't had that major problems with the dog. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not in favor of this. I'm not in favor of this. I'm not happy about it. So I, I feel like we're missing something. Because it's like, how do you say like, oh, she's, there's no hope for her. Just leave her here. It's like, I've never, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of a training place being like, this dog's untrainable. I mean, we see like, there are places that do this work with, quote-unquote aggressive breeds all the time right like they take pit bulls and they rehabilitate them if they've been Mm -hmm. raised in an aggressive environment yeah and any dog is save salvageable i believe definitely maybe now there is you know maybe he can't she can't live with another dog yeah which is possible and probably not with children either because there are some dogs that they there have been incidents and then when you go to adopt them they tell you this has to be a household it doesn't have children it doesn't have other pets mm-hmm, like they'll mm-hmm. tell you this leslie what if you had to make a decision between a significant other and joey well joey 100 <laughs> like there's no question like i feel like justin should be like okay well it looks like we're living separately for our marriage <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, but doesn't he have a, so I thought that the plan was that he would go to a friend or something. Yeah, so, or the keep- dog would go to a friend. Shouldn't a friend the dog he- go to that friend now? I know, but they were like, we'll keep her working on the farm. And I was like, is this like indentured dog service? <laughs> like what is going on? Guys, we need people boots on the ground investigating this training camp because it looked like they were driving the bad, dog out dude. to the set of Breaking Bad. And <laughs> that... She was just going to be, this is a Yellowstone reference. She was going to be taken to the train station, if you know what I mean. Out in the middle of the desert and just never heard from again. So where is this dog? Get some research on this place. Yeah, it's really crazy. So they kind of move on from the dog incident kind of quickly because they have so many issues. They had to get to it. And they talk about the dinner and the blowout they had. But they now have a fresh start. It's like... All of a sudden, the tense music disappears and happy upbeat music is playing. And you're like, wait, what? Just like the mood (laughs) of the whole segment changed because it was so dark and like, yeah, we had to make sacrifices and we're not getting along. But we talked about it and that was a fresh start. Ding, ding, ding. Happy music. And I'm I'm like, what is happening? My dog being taken away. Basically, (laughs) I was like, what is happening? And I'm just like, so then during this, Justin says that his wife is sensitive 
And of course, this bothers her. She's uncomfortable with that notion. And we come to learn that it's because she, as she says, she comes from strong Black women. And in her family, they don't let people see you sweat. So she's never seen her mom cry. And Alexis equates weakness with tears and vulnerability. And for her, vulnerability vulnerability terrifies her because then she can be manipulated. That's how she sees it. And I'm yeah, like, and she okay. calls it she calls it toxic independence. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because suddenly I'm like, hmm, gotta look for some of that in my family. <laughs> Girl, listen. But I, I like that made sense to me. It does. You know, make like sense. we're we're starting to realize like we did this with toxic positivity, like toxic mm-hmm. gratitude. Like we're going overboard with some things, and I think yeah. there are situations where we could go overboard with independence and have to learn how to let people help us and i thought that was a neat term she was using clearly learned in therapy clearly and dr pepper tells her like she needs someone she needs to have someone that really knows her and she needs to let people really get to know her and that it's okay to be scared and that it's okay to feel what you feel Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just kind of like, uh, I know, but this is how I was raised. I'll work on it. Dr. Pepper tells her she it, it's okay to feel, to have feelings and feel them. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of mm-hmm. like, mm, eh, happy music, end of segment. So after the visit with Dr. Pepper, they go to the playground and they're chatting and Alexis finds out why Justin shuts down. And then we learn that it's because as a child, he was told to figure things out on his own. So now she understands why some of their perceptions don't match. And that's okay, what she I need noticed. to I need to jump in here because yeah. I noticed something and I I thought at first I was wrong and I went back and watched it again. He said his brother spanked him mm. when he did things wrong. Yeah. And so I'm thinking if you couple and you know whatever. I mean, there's a lot of research that says spanking traumatizes children but i do realize it still happens especially mm-hmm. you know 10 20 years ago however yeah. long ago this was but this explains everything so he was spanked if he did something wrong mm-hmm. and he was like he was physically you know punished and then he was pretty much told to fi- figure out what the right thing was on his own so he was mm-hmm. terrified of getting it wrong exactly this explains everything People pleasing, yeah. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. And then mm-hmm. we also learned that he likes to fly kites. And then he brought one with him. <laughs> and of course, she has a smirk. And she's about to laugh in his face. But then she kind of gives in. It's like, okay, so bring out the kite. And then we get a silly scene of them flying the kite. And Alexis is uncomfortable with Justin being sensitive. And then the kite gets stuck in a tree. And I'm just like, She's what? like, oh, of course you fly kite, you fairy. That's what Basically, like she was thinking. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And it's so sad. And I fucking hate it's that sad. shit so I much. do, too. I do, we too. We need to not do that to people it's a it's a zero-sum game right like so she's being taught to be strong and independent at the expense of people who are soft Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have like you can be strong and independent and really not emotional but also allow for other people to be that way as well and see it as a different form of strength yeah no she sees it as weakness yeah so yep and then it's like so easy for her to like laugh at him it's like 
She has no it's poker not, face. Yeah. Immediately, whenever she sa- he says something, which makes for great TV, don't get me wrong, because the moment yeah. he says something cheesy because they're, it's edited with the music that is, like, soft and everything, and then she makes a face, and it's like, and, you know, it's funny. Yeah. But it's, like, at his expense. We're laughing at him because she made him look stupid and feel stupid, and we see the embarrassment that he's going through. Well, and just real quick, I don't want to belabor this point, but when they were at dinner last episode and, you know, he really wanted her to say something positive about their marriage. That's what what was going on. She knew that. And that's why she said, I have nothing to say Mm -hmm. to get his go. Like she did that purposely. You could tell because when does she ever have nothing to say? Yeah, she always has something to say. (laughs) Right. But she knew that would bother him. Yeah. Like if she said nothing. So I think she instigates a little bit. Yeah. And maybe that's just like the little sister in me, like so used to being scorched that I see it when other people are scorching you. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, I'm a big sister. So I My know. Sister, I know you are. She's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. Well, at least you're a nice big sister. Oh my God. I was like, so I went to pick her up one day. She was like in kindergarten or maybe first grade. And I see her and she comes out of the play yard and she waves at me. She's like the cutest little smile. And I wave back and a little boy just comes and shoves her out of nowhere. I and hope you I, kicked his ass. Girl, I ran in there and I picked up that boy and I pinned him up against the wall. And I was like, don't you touch my sister. And he was like, I'm going to tell my mom. I'm like, bring your mom. I'll kick her ass. And I'm just like. I was like 17 or 18 at the time. It's mm-hmm. like, this is bad. <laughs> Don't do that, Leslie. But it was like, I'm defending my little sister. Like, she's the cutest thing in the world. And you just shoved her for no reason. Ugh. My sister would be at the edge of that playground twirling her mustache like, hmm, let's see how this plays out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, he never bothered her again. And every day he was like, Lisa, is your sister coming to get you today? And I was like, yeah, it's all him. (laughs) All right. Anything else with these two? Yes. Then Alexis takes him to play basketball. And then she calls herself a tomboy. And then they're playing basketball. And this brought back so much memories for me because I also play basketball in like junior Mm. high and everything. And she played in high school and I played junior high. And I was the only girl in the boys basketball team. And it was like oh, a big deal. look at you. Yeah. That's and here's awesome. The thing. This one game, I scored 24 points. And I remember afterwards checking the scoreboard. And it just, you know, to see, like, how many points I did. I just knew I made a lot of baskets. And then the guy's like, oh, the scorekeeper. No, don't worry. You're good. You, you did a lot. And I was like, okay. So then the next day, what they would do is, like, post it up on a bulletin board. Like, the score game. Like, the game and, like, the score. And, like, how many people, how many points people scored and all that shit. It's there. And so I go up to the bulletin board. Because this was going to be the first time my name actually appeared. Because I finally got a chance to, like, put some you know points on the board mm-hmm. and as i'm going there this kid just sees me and he's like oh yeah here she goes showing off she's so full of herself and i'm like i i didn't even get to approach the bulletin board before he was cutting me down and immediately i was like no no no, i'm not doing that i'm not showing off i'm not showing off and i felt ashamed that i had scored so many points in a game and i hated yep. myself for it Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And that, fuck and that's that why dude. I don't know where he is exactly. today, but fuck him. Who knows? Probably nowhere good. 
sucks. <laughs> and then I was like, kids suck. I hate kids. This triggered me. Fucking basketball. <laughs> Men suck. Boys suck. And then I just went into like this whole spiral. I was so you went angry. Into a spiral. <laughs> yeah, I was so angry at my inner me for not being like, fuck you. <laughs> That's what I, I wish yep. I could have said that. Like, fuck off. You're jealous. Because if you say it that takes- to a boy, they would be like, everybody would have been like, ooh. <laughs> it takes women and girls a long time to find their voice to be able and to say especially like that. to be like even if they say you're a bitch i'd be like yup and you know it yeah. and it bothers you that i don't give a shit what you think about me that would yep. have exploded junior high boys brains like 14 year olds 13 year olds <laughs> would not 13 year old 14 year old boys would not handle that much fucking power and i find nope. that that's my pussy power you know like it's like oh yeah <laughs> fuck you that's my strength wow <laughs> Wow, we went somewhere on that one. <laughs> we went somewhere. Guys, I am like delusional. I've taken so many like generic brand, like daytime quill kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yes, that is them. Thank you. It's, it's okay, girl. Speak your power. We're here to hear it. My, my pussy stand, power. Like, like Darcy Silva, stand in your power. Stand in, stand your, in power. your power. Stand in your power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy, I've spoken way too much. <laughs> Okay, so are we done? We're done with them, right? We're done with them. Let's, let's go to Lindy and Miguel. Okay. Yes. This is literally what I have from their last episode. For their anniversary, they go boating and it rains. <laughs> okay. And at the dinner, now this was interesting because at the dinner later, Lindy admits she's been in relationships where she has been able to get away with murder and say whatever she wants and insult whomever she wants. Uh, But she's not doing that now because she's respectful for Miguel. And you see Miguel's face and he's just like, uh, okay. Odd flex there, but okay. So now Dr. Pep shows up. And I would like to say one thing. Where are Miguel's glasses? I know. We needed a glasses moment. We need the glasses. Where are they? What is he doing? Does he need them for far? Does he need them for close? If he needs them for close, make him read shit on camera. So we get the glasses. It's kind of like the opposite of like Michael Scott telling Pam that when she puts on glasses, like an ugly thing coming out of her mouth. With him, it's like without the glasses, he's that ugly thing. (laughs) Like, ah, you're getting yourself on hot. It's kind of like the opposite of Superman and Clark Kent. Like we want Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. He's the hot one. Okay. Yeah. So Lindy says she is still learning not to be defensive. And she says she's insecure in her wife skills. And Miguel tells her she's killing it. Then Pepper tells Lindy, you fought very hard for control over your own life. So when you feel control or when you feel someone like saying something to you, it feels like control. So Pepper says, you know, sometimes help is just help. And it's not an attempt at someone trying to control you. So then Pepper says, have you two said I love you to each other? And there's like this weird, awkward silence. And Lindy says, no, we have not, ma'am. And then Pepper says, let me tell you something about love. And I don't know, like all she essentially says is love grows. Okay. (laughs) Earth shattering. Later, Lindy takes Miguel dancing because apparently she lived in the set of Footloose where dancing (laughs) was not allowed. So in her childhood, there was no dancing allowed and she assumes it was because of sexuality. Now I'm going to try real hard 
to not say anything negative about religion here. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that in this particular instance, religion really fucked this girl up. In yes. this particular instance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she says she grew up not being able to drink, mm-hmm. not seeing her parents drink, not seeing her parents touch each other. She was not allowed to, to be sexual in any way. And she was also, block your ears, Leslie, not allowed to eat any delicious meat. Ew. So this is a problem. Yeah, she so, couldn't show cock. I mean, how tragic. <laughs> I meant pork, but okay. <laughs> The other white so, meat. <laughs> her letter to herself was apparently she was sent to boarding school at 14. Like, what the fuck did these people do to this girl? Mm. So she describes how sad and homesick she was. And Miguel tells her he thinks when they have their family and they raise their kids, they'll do it in a, a nice way because their experiences that they've mm-hmm. been through really, you know, have hardened them and complemented each other. And when he says our babies, she is like, <laughs> bling, like lights up like a ray of sunshine. Like, what'd you say? What'd you say? Gold One of her eggs Gold dropped in that moment. A egg dropped. One of like, my eggs dropped in that moment. <laughs> <Bink>. <laughs> the only little rusty egg left in there, like a little pellet. Bink. <laughs> So Miguel takes Lindy to the house of Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and he's showing her around and he's like really, you know, having to, to give her first grade lessons here on Puerto Rico. (laughs) And he tells her in New York, he wasn't white enough. And in Puerto Rico, he wasn't Latino enough. Yeah. So he, so he says, you know, I think that has affected me because I'm very skeptical so even though I hope for the best, I always expect the worst because I've just had some shitty experiences. Yeah. Then in his letter, as he's reading his letter to her, he says, you're going to meet a total babe who you fall madly in love with. <laughs> and then he tells Lindy he loves her and she says it back. Mm-hmm. So they're moving forward. They are. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, let's go to Nate and Stasha, who I felt like had a a pretty good couple of episodes here. I feel better about them than I have. Yeah, because at first I was kind of like, oh, she's not getting what she wants. Because at the beginning of last week's episode, we get Stasha cooking with her mom, and she's just crying in the kitchen. Because she wants to know, I want to know 
if he really loves me basically oh look at you (laughs) (laughs) so she just wants to know does nate love her and her mom is trying to tell her like you have to be you know give him time and you know she's like the rational one for some reason telling her like take your time but then even her mom starts crying because she understands where she's coming from because she felt that as a parent she failed her by not showing her a healthy relationship and so he felt a little guilty about that so she's trying to just get her daughter to be patient so that she eventually gets what she wants because the fear is she's gonna push him away with all this right because it comes off as desperate and a little crazy and it's like it's self-imposed and it's like no 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 if you really want him to love you then you need to let it be organic don't force his hand but I always feel like she was like dragging his feet to the fire this whole time to try to see like so where we at where we're at where we're at and I'm just like please 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 am I still at a four am I still at a four am I at a five yet how about a six exactly that's how it felt okay so then later on we see them go meet with a lawyer and they're discussing the post-nup and Nate has already agreed to sign this, so there's no issue. They're just going over a few things. There's some math involved, and I was like, I, 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 I don't know. I zoned out, but essentially, it was just she wants to know that if they have a shared savings account, if she's contributing seventy percent of what's in there, she should get back that seventy percent rather than just splitting it down mm-hmm. the middle. That's what mm-hmm. she wanted, and he just mm-hmm. signed along because he doesn't want to get divorced. Essentially, he tells us that. She's asking for action, so he's doing those actions to show her that, you know, he's for real because he really is in this and he doesn't want to get a divorce. And I'm like, okay, that's commendable. And then later on, we see that um, Kristen's dog, Luna, is going to stay with them. Oh my God, so great. It's so great. (laughs) Well, they go away and then we get the quick scene of like Luna humping her bed in the corner. (laughs) And he's like, look at this, look at this. And she's a girl. And I'm just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Girls could be horny. You like to hump? Come on. Have you not heard this show? (laughs) I love when Kristen is teaching her to clean the wrinkle. (laughs) Yeah. And like Mitch is just kind of in the background, like, welcome to my life, dude. Like, yeah, here we go. I love it. I love Luna is my dream dog. She's I love so her dear. so much. Okay. So the later part of the episode, they go to this romantic picnic where the roses are hanging upside down for some reason. And I'm just like, what is going on? Que brujería esto? What is going on? And then he tells her that he is falling in love with her and she is thrilled. And then, of course, we got to get a scale because we got to measure everything. And so from a four, she went up to like a seven or an eight. That was pretty good. she's like blown away. And he attributes it to them surviving their hurdle. This is what he says. Mm. And then we see them make out and some free, you know, Dollar Tree version of R&B music plays. So whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of last week's episode, Stasha and Nate get their wedding date tattooed as an anniversary present. And I was like, whoa, that was pretty wild. Huge. Okay. Now this week, when they meet with Dr. Pepper, um, Stasha admits that she was on a fast track because when she knows what she wants, because she felt like she was ahead of him in terms of like where her feelings were and how she wanted him to kind of match her at that speed. Because when she sets up her mind on something, she goes for it. She's clear of what she wants and she just 
goes for it. Whereas he Mm -hmm. is a little more tentative and he's trying to, you know, see where things go. So um, Dr. Pepper tells her essentially that she's entitled to like things a certain way, but she can't expect those expectations to be met every single time exactly the way that she wants by someone else. And so they have to, people operate differently. So they just got to meet each other halfway. And Sasha just tilts her head and smirks and nods, which to me, it's like, is she taking it in? Or she's just like, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just one of those well, moments. It was weird. And doesn't Dr. Pepper say something like, you didn't marry you. Exactly. I yeah. was like, yes, you did not marry you. And then it's like, um, I was looking at Nate and then he starts talking and then I was like, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because he looks so young to me that I don't believe anything he's saying. Like, he reminds me of, like, those kids in BoJack Horseman who, like, were on each other's shoulders and they wore giant trench coat to cosplay as an adult. Like, that's what he... <laughs> that's the energy he gives me some of the times because he's saying all these things that sound good, but it's like, do you even know what they mean? Like, I don't know. I struggle yeah. with him because there really is... And, you know, I see this a lot, like, in the, the discussion groups on Facebook and stuff. Like, we're not the only ones who are struggling with this. Yeah. There is some kind of something about him that's inauthentic. Yes. But this episode, we learn maybe it's just guarded. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. coming off as inauthenticity. But... I, f- I felt the same way about Olajuwon, but I feel like that came down, like, in other words, that's that was more obvious that it was yeah. just, he was guarding himself. Yeah. This, I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions about him. Yeah, I really like, don't. for me, he comes off as phony. Yeah. Like, I don't buy what he's saying. And I don't know. Like, I hope that that's not the case and that she's getting a different sense because for me, it feels like he's just going through the motions and that on decision day, he's just going to be like, no, because he's not really in this. That's how it feels like. I don't know. But then Dr. Pepper wants to know if they banged and Nate says they have consummated their marriage. And yeah, of course, that was a bomb dropped. We didn't I know about like, this. What? And then Sasha says she feels more secure. And I'm like, really? <laughs> we need to we I thought we would see it. Like we practically saw them banging in the shower. Exactly. So and that's why I felt like it came out of nowhere. I was like, no, Dr. Pepper, they didn't they bang. I was like shocked. Yeah. yeah. But even that reveal, this is what Amy and I were talking about off air, that even like there are things going on in these episodes, but the way they're put together or presenting them is not exciting. No. Because even mm-hmm. this reveal would have been more like, holy shit. And it was kind of like, duh. Like, yeah, these two episodes could have been one. You were right exactly. when you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then later on in the episode, Sasha and Nate go to their childhood neighborhood. So they do that thing where they visit their old homes. They talk about trauma. They start crying. They write letters. I hate these episodes so fucking bad. It drives me insane. Because mm-hmm. in these episodes and this exercise particularly is where we learn that a lot of these people are really fucking broken because in Dallas if you remember Bao <laughs> revealed she burned and chopped off Barbie heads like <laughs> oh my god yes I remember so it's like this is terrifying I don't want to know about people's inner childhood trauma please take this away it makes me uncomfortable and I'm a psych major <laughs> it's just like yeah. I don't want to see this okay was Bao in Houston Bao was in Dallas Austin. Houston 
No, I think she was in Houston. Houston. I'm thinking Dallas. We haven't seen Dallas. What is wrong with me? Yeah, in Houston. Because they had cowboy hats. Okay. That's how I know. <laughs> All right, right. So then it's time to read the letters. And we learned that Sasha was called Sweet Key or something. And that she mm-hmm. changed schools a lot. And so she tells her younger self that she will stand out and it's okay to stand out on your own and that in high school she will start changing questioning authority but in a good way and then nate loves his letter he's all about it again everything he does is so and even her they're so like even keeled that it seems like they're dead so it's like Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome like the only time it's like awesome like it went up a little bit but it's like right. the emotion, it's nothing, no facial expression. Like, do they have so much Botox that they cannot move their face? Like, what is happening? So right. it's really annoying. And I think that that's another thing that makes it seem like inauthentic because he looks bored and then he's saying, that's awesome. Yeah. Isn't? Yeah. He doesn't, he just isn't an emotional person. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And, and then, um, well, <laughs> what I shouldn't was it? say it's weird. I don't mean it like that. I just mean he has, like a flat affect a lot, yeah. which is throwing me off. Yeah, It's throwing us off. And then mm-hmm. um, when Nate, oh, this is the part where I lost my shit. So <laughs> when Nate goes to read his letter and he goes, Nathan, this is me writing to you from the future. When I tell you that I stopped breathing for two seconds, I am not <laughs> exaggerating. I was coughing, laughing. I fell over on my bed and I could not stop laughing because in my mind, it sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger being like, Nathan, this is me writing from the future. Get to the Mitch, chopper. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch does something similar. And he's like, I can't reveal too much because it will screw up the timeline. And I'm like dying laughing, dying laughing. It was just like, I just stopped, especially because he has no affectation. And he's so mm-hmm. like, and I was mm-hmm. just laughing so hard. I was like, he does not know that he's almost a comedic genius. Like in that moment. I know. I, I just couldn't keep it together. But um, so we do learn that his younger self was living abroad, which I think he mentioned that before and moving a lot. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. his parents do get divorced. He had like a step parent and they ended up getting divorced. And so the dad raised him on his own as a single dad. And so yes. this is the thing where it's like, they swapped sad childhood stories. And I'm just like, oh my God, please don't. And then I wrote in every letter... For the most part, we get things will get easier or I found Mm -hmm. someone that loves me. So this is kind of like what we get. So whatever. And Stasha loves that Nate is opening up and being vulnerable. She's happy because she's getting her way, essentially. And then we later get to see where Nate grew up and he lived. um, He's showing like some complex or whatever. And then he talks about getting into trouble and breaking a window one time. And then Nate's mm-hmm. dad crashes the little party and he meets well, them. Is this outside the father's house? Because that oh, wait, house this is outside. beautiful. No, no, this was outside. First, they're walking around some, their old neighborhood. He's talking about like how he used to hang around with his friends. And then yeah. when they're in front of the father's house, he's like, he used to get in trouble sometimes and he broke a window. And the dad is yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I can attest yep. to that. So he corroborates it. And then Nate's dad reveals that he got into confrontation because of Nate. Like his own dad had to kind of like, you know, start fighting with parents or something. Because yep. Yep. And then Nate was like, I didn't pursue the fights, but it's like the trouble just found him, essentially. That's what he's trying to say. 
I love the dad so much. And then Stasha makes Joe, which is Nate's dad, cry. <laughs> because she acknowledges that he raised his kids on his own and that for him it wasn't easy, but he makes it look easy because he did such a great job. And then everybody just starts crying. And Stasha is using the bottom of Nate's shirt to dry her tears. Like, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, girl, calm down. And I was like, it doesn't look good that you're like bending over like that when you freeze frame and people could misinterpret <laughs> this. And out of the streets in front of his daddy? Girl, you're nasty. <laughs> Let's well, be and the, the dad was so sweet because he's like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is celebrating me for raising my kids, but like they're my kids. What exactly. would I have done? Of course. Like, I felt like that was really interesting. And then when he's saying, like, I raised him to be tough and yes. not be emotional, mm-hmm. um, Stasha asks him a question. I forget what it was, but then he says, Well, I think, or no, she says, Did you raise Nate this way? Yes. And he says, yeah, and I think I did a good job. Like, he still, the father still sees it as a positive. Yeah. That Nate can't express himself. And that's just that, like, baked in Mm -hmm. masculinity that these poor, like, men had to grow up with. Like, I can't be vulnerable. I can't show any emotion. It's really... It's really sad. It's sad because then you don't process emotions properly and then they maybe outbursts come out of nowhere and or weird things like all of a sudden you're drinking too much or maybe you yeah, just start yeah. screaming at someone and then you're like wait what is where, what is this coming from and it's like it has to come out human beings need comfort and they'll yeah. find that comfort somewhere mm-hmm. yeah okay uh anything else with them Yes, so the last part of it is Stasha taking Nate to, like, her childhood stomping grounds. And this is where we learn that she used to be alone a lot. She was pretty much a latchkey kid. Her mom was working so hard to try to provide for her kids that she was Mm -hmm. in the home a lot. And at some point, they were going to move away. But one of her best friends, Deanna, said, oh, you could live with us and my parents. And the mom said it was okay for her to stay around. Yeah, remember she said this in, like, one of the earlier episodes that she, like, emancipated herself and then went to live with that family to stay with her team yeah and then what was cool was that like we see um deanna's dad her friend's dad and he's talking about like how he was a father figure to her and like she mentions that he was a father figure to her and this is why we find out that one day she was all dressed up to go out for a date and the guy's honking the horn and she's about to rush out the door he's like no 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 come on you're a lady, the gentleman should come and get you. And then since then, she realized her worth. And he felt that that was important to instill that in her. And I thought that was really sweet. It was. And everybody was. was like getting along. And it, it was really, it was a nice segment. So yeah, that's them. Yep. They're in a good place. They love okay. each other. They banged. <laughs> they banged. All right, so let's go to Mitch and Kristen. So for their one month anniversary, nothing really happened on that episode except at the end at the group dinner, Kristen had like a breakdown. And she was essentially like, I'm exhausted from doing everything Mitch's way. And when will I get to do Kristen? And he tells her, you know, I don't want you to change. Like you can have outbursts. You can go nuts on me and I'll support you because that's what you need to do now. I don't know if we talked about this. I can't remember if I was talking to my best friend who also watches this show or if I told you, but on uh after party for that episode, he was on and they asked him about this tirade of hers, like this yeah. outburst. And he said, 
that he really appreciated it because on the honeymoon, when he said to her that he wasn't attracted to her and he wasn't feeling it, that set up a power dynamic between them. Did I explain this to you already? Yeah. Have you not heard Mm -hmm. this? Oh, we did. Okay. So like he felt like the power was, you know, kind of coming back to an equal spot. So I thought that was really important. And I think in this moment, we see this again, where he's like, just be who you are and I'll support you a thousand percent. So I think Mitch says the right thing. But one thing I do notice about Mitch is he consistently turns things back on himself. And Mm -hmm. I I have several instances to, to back this up. So Dr. Pepper's visit. Kristen tells Dr. Pepper they had some friction on the honeymoon and that she was overcompensating to keep him interested. And she starts getting emotional. Yeah. But she's done with that now because she's lost herself. And she's not doing that. Like, she's done walking on eggshells. And she says she needs some questions answered. Like, do you still feel the way you felt on the honeymoon? Do you still wish you got a different wife? Which I want to hug her when she said yeah. that. And do you think you... I'm not asking you to say you love me. But do you think there's a possibility there that you can love me? I need to know these answers. And Dr. Pepper says there's a lot of demand in this and he doesn't do well with demands. And she immediately goes, well, then he shouldn't have gotten married. Yep. And Dr. Pepper says, instead of telling him what to do, tell him what you need. So like you're telling me you want him to tell you whether or not he still doesn't like you instead Mm -hmm. phrase it. Like I'm still upset over what happened. Are we in a better place? Do you know what I mean? Like that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. So then Dr. Pepper makes him say nice things to her and he starts (laughs) to, but then he always turns it back on himself. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell that this, this guy's like going through something where he's like being vulnerable for the first time in his life. And like the floodgates are just opening, you know, he can't stop talking about how he feels now. So he does tell her like one thing he really says that's really nice is that she's really brave and that Mm -hmm. he came in to this and like essentially in his words like kind of wussed out when it wasn't going the way that he wanted it to and she was really brave and that was really strong and he admires that okay so pepper tells him one of your roadblocks is fear and you could be critical and self-righteous when you feel threatened and you need to work through that Mm -hmm. so Then Kristen takes him to a softball field and Mitch playing softball is all of us because he's like, (laughs) I didn't even know this ball wasn't soft. Oh my God. It's scary when the ball is coming at you. (laughs) In high school. Oh God. It was so scary. So she tells him she grew up with very demanding parents who insisted she be the best at everything she did. Super critical mom. Like if she struck out, her mother would yell at her. If she didn't have a job, you know, like there were just a lot of demands placed on her at a young age. Sorry, my voice is starting to go. (laughs) Guys, Uh, we're dying. She felt pressure to be good at everything. And sometimes it's hard to turn that off and not be demanding. And she's like, I just want you to know where that comes from. Mitch says, well, I was like a latchkey kid with total freedom and no structure. So this is where we're kind of butting heads. Mm -hmm. So later... They, they're in their apartment and Mitch has a bunch of photos on the bed and he says he visited mommy and Kristen goes, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're looking through some photos and 
he says his parents got divorced in 83 or 84 when he was young. And he looks really sad in photos around that time. And he's telling the camera he wants Kristen to have more context around why he acts how he does. So then he's telling uh, her a story about the Northridge earthquake. And he was living in Sherman Hills at the time with his dad and the earthquake destroyed their house. And like, it's very clear when he talks about his dad that he idolizes idolized his father yeah and the father died in 2014 and mitch wishes he was there to meet Kristen because he would have really liked her then mitch says he became rebellious after his parents divorced he says that he was really a troublemaker and he was failing out of school and shit and he didn't have any discipline and structure so that's why he rejects a lot of that now and Kristen says, Kristen tells the camera, like, I wish I knew that because it helps me see him in a different way. And then they go to his dad's gravesite and he says, my dad would have loved Kristen. And then we see pictures of a young Mitch and he looks like a young Val Kilmer. <laughs> From what was the movie with him? Point Break. Point Break. Point break. I haven't movie. seen that yeah. in so long. So... Later, they head out to the beach. They read their letters. Kristen is basically like, you grew up too fast, but hold on to your high standards, but still be realistic. And like I said before, Mitch's letter is hilarious. He's like, I can't screw up the time-space continuum. Like, I can't, you know. <laughs> and then he says, you know, you grew up sticking it to the man. And I'm really proud of you. And I thought that was really funny. Then he tears up and he's he says he feels lonely because he's such a loner because kind of the thing that makes him who he is, which is this like unyielding kind of uh, stance on everything is also isolating, right? Like yeah. it drives people away a lot of times. So then she tells the camera, she was harboring anger towards Kristen says, I was harboring anger towards Mitch about the honeymoon and that's gone now. And then he yeah, tells her, he's, He's learning to be vulnerable. And then they kind of like hug and she says, you're the best. And he says, you're the best too. And that's that, it. That's, that's the thing with him. I don't like him. Like at first bat, like there's something off putting about him, I think, because it threw me off the way he treated her in the beginning. But then we get moments like these and I'm like, oh, so it's I'm like falling I in love with him. <laughs> all, oh, I'm just get so angry because I'm just like, dude, like if you didn't leave that horrible first impression, I might be on your side right now. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. for me to, to root for him. Like, because I like, love oh. her so much that I just want them to work. But there's a part of me that doesn't know if they're going to. I think, but I do think they're going to be a situation where they both come out of this better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if they split up, I think we're seeing Mitch grow so much and her realizing her worth. Yeah. I think they'll come out of this as better people. They definitely will. And he's not a bad person. It was just that it rubbed me the wrong way, the way that he was like, she's not my type. And, and you know, it was just like, mm, no. Well, and that's no. what I mean about this honesty thing. Trust me, I'm married to somebody like this who <laughs> says whatever is on his mind. And that does drive people away a lot of times. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you can't say to someone like, well, you're just an idiot. And they expect that person to still be friends with you. Yeah. Like, you can't. It, that, it doesn't work that way. Or not start an argument, at least. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so let's do Ben and Morgan real quick, and then we'll wrap up. So 
not much. I don't know what's going on here. So last episode, we saw that scene where he buys Morgan flowers and gives them to her. And she throws them to the ground and says he's been talking shit about her. And she gets nasty. She's mm-hmm. like, I see the real you. I see the real Ben and your piece of trash. And I can't deal. Like, she's really, she goes in on it. Yeah. And in this episode, we open with the guys. And Ben is admitting that he's talking behind Morgan's back. But only because she's too strong for him. And he's really intimidated by that. And he's like, I just didn't feel safe. And Mitch is like, you talking with your friends about this completely abnormal experience Mm -hmm. is very normal. And if Morgan can't handle that, that's a her problem, not a you problem. Now, on After Party, who was, was Mitch on again? I think it was Mitch. Guys, watch it for accuracy. But one of them says that they were they were on Ben's side. But once they heard what was going on, now they totally are on Morgan's side. Mm. So it's really interesting. So the girls decide they're going to crash the party because they were in someone else's apartment. And yeah. they were talking about Morgan was telling them what was going on. They're like, let's just go over right now and settle this. So Mm -hmm. all the girls go over and Morgan begins to tell everybody what's going on. She's like, he's been lying. And everyone's like, what is the lie? What is the lie? And she's kind kind of like, like skirting around it. Not really saying, I don't know if they're just not showing it on camera. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is happening. I think they're not showing us something. Because it's really confusing. Other than the fact that he didn't think she was a nurse. What is the other lie? It might be damaging to her. That's all I can think about. And that's why they're not showing it. I don't know. So they go back and forth. And she says, he's been going to Justin and telling him everything about our marriage. And then coming to my face and saying he hasn't been. And Miguel is like, okay, so it's a lack of accountability. And Morgan's like, yes. And Ben owns up to all of this. He's like, yep, I've been lying to her. I've been talking behind her back. Like, I've been doing everything I've been accused of. And then finally, Nate is like, look, we're skirting around the issue here. Like, what is with the hostility? Ben is, like, calm and he's cool. And you just come in here and you're pissed. And he's like, we're having an abnormal experience and you're trying to apply normal rules to this. And I don't get it. I thought that was pretty good on Nate's That was part. really good. I like mm-hmm. that part. Yeah. So anyway, we don't get anywhere. Okay. Ben says he signed up for therapy and he's, you know, he thought he could handle someone strong and he can't. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Pepper comes to visit them. And this is the most disappointing Dr. Pepper visit I've ever seen on this show. Uh-oh. I needed two hours of this. I needed to see, this is what the show used to be. The experts like counseling these people through things. Yeah. Now it's like we get five minutes of Dr. Pepper. So she visits them. Morgan gets there first. They don't speak. Pepper comes in. They're like, and Dr. Pepper tells them like, I've gotten all the footage and I just want to make sure everyone's okay. Ben admits he was overly judgmental, which I maintain that was the cardinal sin. That was the original sin. Yeah. That was Eve taking the apple. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. When he judged her, she's never coming back from that. He was so scared of her. He went behind her back. He lied to her face. And Justin was more comfortable. And Pepper says, I wonder if your role model was a man's world with a wife sort of in it. 
rather than a husband and wife team working as partners. Mm. And then Dr. Pepper says, what you did is you excluded the possibility of her knowing what you were thinking and feeling and you took it elsewhere. Morgan agrees that she could have made a safer space for Ben, but her trust was gone. And she's like, I let him back in, but he still betrayed me. And I just wrote, Dr. Pepper is of no help here. And yeah. just gives them the assignment of writing a letter to their childhood selves. Like, mm -hmm. really? So later in, I thought the biggest dick move I've seen this season, Morgan comes over to read her letter, sits next to Ben on the couch. And she literally says, do you want to go first? And he says, okay. And he <laughs> reads this letter and he pours out his insecurities. And then she announces, you know what? I'm not reading you my letter, motherfucker, because <laughs> I don't trust you with my emotions and I'm not giving you any of me anymore. Boom, mic drop and walks out of the apartment. And I'm like, holy shit. And then this music plays like, poor Ben, he was played a fool. And he just sits there and like mopes. So sad. It was so sad. <laughs> That's where we are on them. Like, I don't know. What is going on? And they even pressed, like, <sighs> Rudy Huxtable's been really doing her work over there on the after show. And she is like, first of all, I love her as a host. She's a fantastic host. Yeah. And she is saying to everybody, like, what is the secret? It's kind of like the sister wives, um, Christine going, what does the nanny do? Like, it's very similar. <laughs> and... uh no one's no one can answer this. Like no one knows what the secret is that oh, Ben has Christ. betrayed her. So we don't we don't know. And I think the producers are doing a real disservice by not showing it. Because if this is something that is so damaging and so bad, then they should have just scrapped this whole thing and been like, well, we gotta either come up with a fake problem because people are gonna wonder what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's it's I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. And if you um, tell me, oh, it's so bad that I can't say that it will jeopardize my license or it will jeopardize blah, blah, blah. Then it's like we're going to think it's even worse than it probably is. Yeah, so. you're right. Like right now I'm going through my head like, is she a criminal? Does she have a criminal background? Is she I don't know, not a nurse. We know she's a goddamn nurse. Yeah. So it can't be that. Is like her is her dad like one of the architects of 9-11? Like what is happening here? Because I'm just imagining <laughs> Too real soon. things. September. Real things. Come on. <laughs> not in September, girl. All right. Okay. So next time on, are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's the sex episode. Mm -hmm. We see Alexis pole dancing. <laughs> Mitch is pouring honey on Kristen's very flat, very toned stomach. Mm -hmm. Miguel and Lindy somehow get robbed in this whole thing and they're forced to take care of a fake baby. <laughs> yeah, what the hell was that about? <laughs> I'd be like, I want my money back. Everybody else is like shoving dildos up each other's ass and we get a fake baby? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mitch tells, I, so the expert that's visiting them, is this Dr. Pia? Was that Yeah, the one that was okay. there last, like two weeks ago, yeah. The one who made them pour their hearts out on a balcony. Exactly. And, yeah. And then abandoned them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Mitch tells Dr. Pia, they've put the brakes on sex, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. 
Mm. Alexa says to Justin, since I won't sleep with you, you don't feel wanted. And then she says, I'm sorry. I just didn't picture marriage to be like this. So again, she is pulling the rug out from under him, then putting it back, then pulling Mm -hmm. it out and putting it back. So whatever. Nate says to Dr. Pia, I think they're in front of Dr. Pia, but he says it to Stasia. Uh, You don't trust exactly what I'm saying. No one does, dude. No one does. Morgan says she's tired of having to defend herself multiple times. And Dr. Pia says to Ben, you're pretty vindictive. What the hell is going on? And then Dr. Pia asks Alexis if she's ready to be married to Justin in particular. And she Mm -hmm. says, I don't know. I don't think so. So again, again with this push pull. Yeah. One minute we're working on things. We're happy. We're going to reflect on the good and focus on the bad. And the next minute, no, I'm done. It's like, what? And she knows by answering it that way, by saying, I don't think so, that that's going to drive him mad. She is scorching him. Justice (laughs) for Dustin. (laughs) Like, I just, I, I really think she's playing with him a little bit. She's doing what Lindy described she used to do in past relationships. Mm. And kind of act like a maniac. And I feel like Alexis is doing that now. And I I don't like it. I don't like it. I I don't like it. So Mm. that's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Any closing thoughts, girl? Uh, I'm just trying to like sleep after this. (laughs) Guys, we are so sorry. (laughs) We're all over the place. But we're still with you. (laughs) You got like, Amy's operating at like 60%. Leslie's operating at like 50% because you have the tooth thrown in there. Yeah. But you got you got us half here. Half half of us. Yeah, God rest the queen. Because before it was God save the queen, now she's resting? I don't know how that goes. God didn't save the queen. No, he did not. He did not. Taken so young. What was she, like 94? <laughs> I think so. Did you oh, watch The Crown? So much to live. Yeah, I watched The Crown, yeah. Okay. One thing I was stunned by is we heard Charles give his speech about his dear mama and papa. Mm-hmm. And when he spoke, I'd never heard him speak before. When he spoke, I was like, oh, my God, he sounds just like the guy who played him in the crown. Like, sounds just like Yeah. Him. See, the thing is that I know a lot about the royals because I was obsessed with Princess Diana because my mom mm-hmm. was. So that's why I know a lot about him and dislike him because of that whole mm-hmm. situation. So yeah, sure. I know what he sounds like. Trist and believe. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to really... be Camilla's tampon, you guys. He wanted to be inside uh, her all the time. Never part. Uh, that He wanted to be her tampon. There is a recording of now King Charles III saying this to a young Camilla while he was okay. married to Princess Diana. Alright, guys. We love you. Follow us on Instagram at 6 Degrees of Reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking royal tampons. Yeah. Only only on Six Degrees of Reality TV. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for listening. Leslie, tell us where they can hear you. Uh, You can hear me at Sinister Girls and, you know, wherever you hear music playing, I'll probably show up. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Wherever you hear music playing, there's Leslie. I'll be there. Close your eyes there. And I'm over at Gen X This Is Why, where we're still recapping probably the worst season ever made of Little House on the Prairie, season eight. I just want you to get to 90210, please. It's it's coming soon. Believe me, it can't come fast enough. Okay. (laughs) 
All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram. That's where we live. Give us a five-star review if you can on Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, iTunes Podcasts, whatever the hell it is. That thing that uh, Tim Cook owns. <laughs> With the little apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, please leave us a five-star review. It helps people find us, and we really appreciate it. And we will see you here next week with yeah. another, I'm sure, drawn-out, boring episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye.